Hello and welcome back to Practicing Human, the podcast where every day we're getting a little better at life. I'm your host, Corey Mascara, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about the difference between good wanting and bad wanting. More to come on that in a moment. First, let's settle in together with the sound of the bells. Okay, so good wanting and bad wanting. Once you get into the world of mindfulness and meditation, the concept of wanting and desire becomes a bit tricky because there is this emphasis on non-judgmental awareness and also of non-attachment not being so swept around by our normal cravings and seeing that many of our cravings create suffering. We really want something and it creates a constriction within our system and then we get the thing and there's a temporary satisfaction and then there's a letdown because it goes away and then we just continue that cycle of desire, 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 give me more, give me more, give me more and can easily create a ton of stress and tension around that. And I think we've all uh, become somewhat aware of that, or else we most likely wouldn't be listening to a podcast like this. There's some sort of recognition that maybe our usual way of trying to find happiness has limitations. But a lot of people get concerned. It's like, okay, does this mean I, I shouldn't want anything? Is all wanting bad? Is the goal to get rid of wanting entirely? So I I want to start by sharing a quote by Ajahn Mahabua, and this is from a a book, The Middleness of the Middle Way, which is translated by Tanisaro Bhikkhu. And the quote is, So, go ahead and want. Want to gain release from suffering. Want to gain merit. Want to go to heaven. Want to reach nirvana. Go ahead and want as much as you like, because it's all part of the path. It's not the case that all wanting is craving. If we think that all wanting is craving, then if we don't let there be craving, it's as if we were dead. No wanting, no anything. Is that what it means not to have defilement or craving? Is that kind of person anything special? It's nothing special at all because it's a dead person. They're all over the place. A person who isn't dead has to want this and that. Just be careful that you don't go wanting in the wrong direction. That's all. If you want in the wrong direction, it's craving and defilement. If you want in the right direction, it's the path. So make sure you understand this. If you want in the right direction, it's the path. So there are some things to unpack within this quote that I don't want to go too into. Just an acknowledgement that this is written within a Buddhist context. So there, there is some lingo that might need some explanation, such as the, the difference between you know, wanting and craving. You know, in the Buddhist tradition, one of the poisons of mind that they talk about is greed. 
and this is synonymous with craving and so that's that mind that's just like grasping constantly at things and that often becomes the source of so much suffering and here in this one of the lines in this quote is it's not the case that all wanting is craving such that the, the desire for something doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad or will lead to suffering so he he's starting by addressing that that nuance and i think that's really important uh, very important when we try to apply some of these teachings into our life And if we go to the first few lines, that might also need some explanation. He's saying things like, go ahead and want. Want to gain release from suffering. Suffering is a big word in the the Buddhist tradition. Gain release from suffering. Want to gain merit. And this isn't like a a bunch of stars, but merit is perceived as the the accumulation of good deeds. Uh, You could even see it as like the, the, the charge of your heart the ripple effect, the positive ripple effect of your your actions in the world. And so he's saying, want to gain merit, want to go to heaven, which has a, an interesting uh, perspective within the Buddhist tradition, might not be our typical conceptualization of it. Um, but we can just view that as like a, a certain realm of existence that is more free. And then says, uh, want to go to nirvana or want to attain nirvana. And nirvana is synonymous with enlightenment, which is referring to a mind that is free from mental torment and defilements. You hear that word defilements a lot. And, and these are just the seeds within the mind that actually create more destruction, more pain, more suffering. And so from the beginning he's saying want these things these are important things if you see in those those last lines he says if you want in the wrong direction it's craving and defilement if you want in the right direction it's the path it's the path so i think this is really important on our journey of practicing human which has a a a big emphasis at least in the way i talk about it uh, on mindfulness and cultivating, you know, curious awareness and noticing how our attachments to things or to things being a particular way can actually create suffering. Sometimes the message can appear to be such that well, we shouldn't want anything because wanting something means that we're discontent, we're, we're discontent with this moment as it is and the goal is to be content with each moment exactly as it is. Sort of, but it's much more nuanced than that. And anything that is going to pull us to do certain kinds of work, inner work, growth, healing, is going to inevitably involve some sort of of wanting. And I've said this on many podcasts before, like even something like meditation, which we could perceive as resting in the moment exactly as it is, not trying to change it, not trying to want for it to be different or, or to hold on to it being a particular way, just meeting the moment as it is. Even something like that, to do that and to sustain doing that moment by moment by moment requires first an idea of what will happen once we do that, the kind of experience that we'll have, the kind of person that we'll be, 
the kind of freedom that we might access, the kind of merit that we might develop, the kind of release from suffering that we might get to experience, the kind of enlightenment that we might be hoping to move toward. So even the, the greatest monastics of all time who truly can rest in a moment with this boundless heart, compassion, acceptance, they have massive wants for a certain kind of freedom within themselves and for other people. But it's a certain want that as it's pursued, something does open up. Something does release. There's less inner torment. There's more peace. There's more goodness within themselves and for other people. It's a movement toward a more sustainable and permanent freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. And so we have to assess in our own life, you know, what are the wants that we have that that we have a sense will open something in us, will lead to a certain way of being or a freedom in our mind and our heart that we know is worth, that worth cultivating. And then what are those wants that we've also seen in our life that actually create more suffering? Wants for things to be a, a particular way constantly? Wants for certain material items? Wants for things that are inherently impermanent to be permanent. You know, you'll have your own history of exploring this within yourself. And you'll also have an intuition of what are those things that you know will lead to more freedom rather than suffering. And of course, there are many texts written about this in all sorts of traditions. And I'm most familiar with uh, a Buddhist context and so you could read any Buddhist book and they're going to talk about those qualities that as we cultivate those and deepen those, something in us does expand, become more free and, and more fulfilled. And so we could perceive those as healthy, uh, healthy wants. But in the context of this, which is a bit more secular, I'm going to invite you to explore this on your own based on what you know for yourself and what your intuition is. What might you perceive as bad wanting and what might you perceive as good wanting? And I know it's always a little bit more complicated than good and bad and we have to watch putting everything in the bad category. So you could change the language, but just for simplicity's sake, you know, what are the good wants? What are the bad wants? What are the good wants that lead to more of what is nourishing and life-giving and free and good? And then what are the wants that lead to more constriction, more ego, more anger, more separation, more isolation. If you want even a little bit more structure on this, I would take out a piece of paper and in one column write down 10 bad wants and in the other column write down 10 good wants. And then notice throughout the day, which one, which seeds are you are you nourishing? Are you watering or giving sunshine? You know, as they say in the neuroscience world, uh, neurons that fire together wire together and what we frequently think and ponder that becomes the inclination of the mind and so it is important to be nourishing those good wants and making sure our thoughts our actions are aligned with uh, those aspects of ourselves that we're most aiming to cultivate so i hope this gives you something to think about on your journey of practicing human thank you so much for your practice i'll talk to you tomorrow and until then as always Take care.
Hey, real quick, just in case you weren't aware, I do a lot of teaching on Instagram. Well, a lot of different places. Twitter, Instagram, my professional Facebook page. And so these are areas where you can get a lot of extra teachings in addition to what you see on this podcast and in a different format, specifically through writing. On Twitter, I am posting multiple times per day, sometimes over five or ten times per day. On Instagram, I'm posting at at least two or three times per day. And that's the same with my Facebook page. So if you're not following me yet in these places, I highly encourage it, just because it is another way to interact. You can also reach out to me specifically on Instagram, and I will usually get back there. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Corey Mascara. On Instagram, I'm at Corey Mascara. And on Facebook, I'm at Corey Mascara. Pretty simple. Follow along, send me a message, would love to hear from you. And as I said, it's another great way to get uh, different teachings and in a different format through writing. Would love to see you there. Thanks and take care.